0: Point seven, WTCC. Good morning, welcome to the Spoken Word. I'm your host Bishop Talbert Swan II. Good morning to all my peeps, Joy Ward. Good morning to you, Cynthia Farmer, Sister Stephanie Johnson, uh, Lynette Swan Roper, cuzzo. Mister Keyshawn Dodds from the. Uh, Springfield Boys and Girls Club Family Center, LeVar, Click, Bruce, what's good with you, my brother? Uh, Man, Dorian, what's happening, bro? All of y'all who chiming in, uh, Maya Jackson, uh, uh, Toy Givens, Rita Hamilton. Good morning to each and every one of you. Y'all on the Periscope side. Twitter side. Good morning to you that are chiming in uh, from all parts everywhere. Yes, sir. Uh, good to have you all with us on this morning. Listen, right here in the field, in the four one three, um, and 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 and, and uh, as irony would have it, we had the acting police commissioner uh, Cheryl Claprood at the church during our. Um, NAACP general membership meeting last Tuesday. Um, and then the next day, um, Wednesday, um, 14 indictments of Springfield police officers, 13 Springfield police officers, one state police officer who used to be a Springfield police officer, but who's assigned to District Attorney Anthony Galuni's staff all indicted in the Nathan Bill incident here. Fourteen additional indictments uh, added on to the original three or four indictments that uh, that were already um, in the works. Um, so not a great day for the Springfield police um, in terms of uh, police corruption uh, that's going on. And, you know, this narrative about a few bad apples You know, listen, I I, I will hold to this. I will hold to this. I will hold to most police officers being decent officers. But, you know, we have to kind of remix the whole narrative of, you know, a few bad apples because of the fact that um, I don't think that those who are quiet and don't say anything about police misconduct are good cops. And, you know, while it doesn't represent uh, 10% or, or a large percentage, it's about three or 4%. When three or 4% of your officers are all indicted at the same time, that's gotta hurt. It's gotta hurt. Um, so that's, what's going on here. And then uh, Justin Hurst, attorney Justin Hurst, um, who is um, the president of the Springfield City Council, African-American attorney uh, here in the city, um, resident here his entire life, um, stepped out and he called for the uh, resignation of District Attorney Anthony Galluni in light of his handling of the Nathan Bill incident, the fact that um, no officer got indicted locally, um, yet um, there have been 14 indictments, about 18 indictments now of police officers surrounding that incident, um, you know, uh, now. now. And so his question is, uh, what happened at the local level that they thought nobody did anything wrong um so hopefully you know in the upcoming programs uh we can have uh we'll 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 probably just bring him into the studio uh have attorney Hurst, our city council president sit down and have a conversation with us uh around his thoughts on a whole lot of things in the meantime i think i got um um state senator uh eric lesser uh good morning caller
1: good morning Bishop
0: how are you I'm great how are you doing Senator lesser
1: good good just uh have all my second cup of coffee so ready to go <laughs> well you're
0: you're far ahead of me I haven't had my first yet I usually don't get my coffee until I go up to chef Rufus's full of flavor diner plug in plug in plug in for my frat brother right there uh, I usually do that on Mondays after I get off the show uh, and then they I get my I said hi. Cu- yeah absolutely <laughs> Uh, so tell us what's happening uh, on the state level.
1: Yeah, so a lot, a lot going on. So last week was actually a busy week for legislation. Three uh, really major bills that a lot of people have been working on for a long time made it to the governor's desk, and uh, he signed one of the three. Uh, he has a few more days left to sign the other two. So people who are interested in these, probably the. Um, the one that's gotten the most attention is the Title X funding. Uh, so the Trump administration, that's got a lot of attention nationally, uh, cut funding for Planned Parenthood and for women's reproductive health and Massachusetts quickly stepped up as several other states did as well and said that we were going to plug that funding uh, for women's health care. So both the House and Senate passed that funding last week. It's an additional $8 million. Uh, and the governor signed it, uh, I believe, Friday afternoon. So that's done. That, that became law. Uh, so that's good news. And then there's two other big pieces of legislation that I've been involved with. with uh, one is a ban on conversion therapy uh, for LGBT youth. Um, and the other is lifting the cap on kids, which I know a lot of folks in Western Mass have been very active with, uh, in advocating for a long time. Uh, what this was, was there was actually a 1995, uh, welfare fair reform era law that was passed in Massachusetts that capped the amount of, um, of aid or benefits that a family could get, even if they had a child, for example, even if a woman was pregnant when she applied for the benefits, if the child was born after the date of the application, uh, she wouldn't be eligible. Uh, it was really a cruel policy and it wasn't connected to really any data about um, helping families. So. We passed in the legislature last year um, a lifting of that cap. We did away with the cap. The governor vetoed it, uh, and we passed it again last week, so it's back on his desk. So um, so he's got two big items still on his desk. The Title X funding was signed. Uh, And now all eyes this week are on the House Ways and Means, the House version of the budget. This $41 billion state budget will likely come out next week, but we could be surprised and see it as early as this week. So a lot going on. Um, And then on a more kind of fun note, we had several uh, young people from uh, Western Mass, from Springfield in particular, at the State House last week. Um, Group of students from Central High School were in town to uh, advocate for education, in particular for AP classes. And we have a great group coming tomorrow uh, from the Mason Square Health Task Force, a group of high school students who have been involved with um, uh, smoking cessation efforts and, uh, and advocacy around uh, anti-smoking campaigns. And we've done a lot of work with them, and so we're excited to have them in the building tomorrow. So uh, never a dull moment around here.
0: I'm certain. I'm certain. Now, there was something else that... Um You all were celebrating the, um, I think it was the 10th anniversary of the first cedar. Tell me about that.
1: Yeah, well, thanks, Bishop. So um, this is a a kind of a a neat, just sort of personal item for me. When I was working for um, then-Senator Obama back in 2008, I was actually in charge of carrying all his luggage and logistics around the country for him uh, with him and his traveling team. And it was April of 2008, and I realized that there was no way I was going to be able to get home uh, to Massachusetts to celebrate uh, Passover Seder. Passover is one of the biggest holidays for um, for Jewish people, of course, but it celebrates the story of Exodus. So a group of staffers and I uh, had said that, oh, well, we'll try to celebrate it where we're going to be that night, which was Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. I mentioned this to Senator Obama when we were on the plane together, and he kind of looked at me and he said, oh, great, I'll, I'll try to come. And I thought he was just being polite, and that was the end of it. Uh make a long story short, we got together at about 10 o'clock at night after an all-day whistle-stop tour from Philadelphia to Harrisburg, and we were about to sit down to get started, and, um, and Obama po- poked his head in and said, Hey, uh, I'm here to join, uh, and he sat down with us around the table. Uh, we read the Haggadah, which is the um, traditional <clears throat> Jewish text that tells the, you know the full story of Exodus from beginning to end, and there's a tradition at the end uh, where everyone raises their glasses and they say, "Next year in Jerusalem." Uh, so we all raised our glasses. We said, "Next year in Jerusalem." We put our glasses down, and then he raised his glass and he said, "Next year in the White House." Uh, and so we all uh, we all cheered. And fast forward a year later, I'm working um, next door to the Oval Office. I was working as the assistant to David Axelrod, who was the president's senior advisor. President Obama pokes his head and he says, "Hey Lesser, uh, last year we said next year in the White House, and here we are in the White House." So <laughs> he um, he officiated or hosted the very first Seder Passover Seder ever celebrated by a president in the White House, and he did that in 2009, his first year in office, and did it every single year the eight years uh, thereafter, and uh, so in total, we celebrated nine uh, nine holidays together. So now,
0: now that's that's interesting because. Um, there are a lot of people today, especially in in light of the current administration that we have, that try to paint Obama as an anti-Jewish um, uh, president. You know, they 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 had the whole Bertha thing. They tried to paint him as a Muslim, et right, cetera, et right. cetera. And now, in light of Trump uh, recognizing and moving the embassy to Jerusalem, and 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 those types of things they they're trying to juxtapose and compare and contrast uh, Trump's support of Israel to Obama's uh, and and paint Obama' as an anti-Semite etc and you as a Jewish person who worked in his administration what do you say to those types of criticisms Yeah I
1: mean I mean it's something I personally just find very offensive uh, on a personal level um, you know first just just politically it's incorrect uh, you know the Jewish community has been among the most enthusiastic supporters of the Democratic Party and President Obama in particular and what I can say about him personally is he's deeply, deeply um, steeped in Jewish culture and tradition, and, and particularly the, um, the religious element he, he knows deeply. I'll just give you a couple of examples. On the night of that first Seder in 2008, his wife, Michelle, and his two daughters, Malia and Sasha, are actually at a Seder at the same time in Chicago with family friends of theirs and there were no cameras you know there were no there was no press it wasn't a public thing they were going because friends of theirs invited them and they would go regularly and I can tell you he knows the story he knows the history um, and he always took time to ask me and to ask his staff members questions about the holidays we were celebrating Um, so you know on a personal level i I know him uh I've talked to him about my i, I went to Israel with him in two thousand and eight uh i went with him to Yad vashem to the holocaust uh memorial in jerusalem uh and i saw um you know for example how much that moved him so I don't put a lot of a right, uh, good place to
0: visit if you're there i i i was there um probably last time around two thousand and fourteen
1: it's a haunting yeah it's a haunting uh, a haunting place and uh, yeah I wish I wish everyone uh, could have the chance to see it because it, it puts a lot of things in life in context
0: <laughs> absolutely absolutely well I appreciate that. that 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 bit of history is important you know in placing things in context because a lot of times people you know we live in a soundbite uh, generation and um, and and people really don't read they don't study they don't really. Uh, take a, a a good look at history uh and a lot of times their information is defined by whatever the talking points are of the people that they follow unfortunately um, but you but you lived it and you experienced it with them uh, I appreciate you calling in and giving us the update on the state house and uh everything that's happening. Um, How can people connect with you once again? I always like to keep people connected. Tell them how they can connect to your office uh, and anything you've got going on.
1: Yeah, so uh, first, anyone can uh, connect with me on Twitter. I know we follow each other on Twitter. I'm not quite as active as you. No one is, but (laughs) Uh, But uh, but people can reach out to me at at Eric Lesser on Twitter. Uh, I'm also on Facebook, Eric Lesser MA, and also on Instagram, Eric Lesser MA. And people can also just old-fashioned give my office a call, 413-526-6501 is the office number. And my email is eric.lesser at masenate.gov. So um, email, text, call. Uh, Facebook, tweet, whatever you want. Uh, we're around, and we're always eager to hear from people.
0: All right, Senator. Appreciate you. All
1: uh, right. Thanks, Bishop. Take care. All
0: Bye-bye. right. 413-736-2781. Once a month, uh, Senator Lesser uh, calls in, gives a house update. Next week, we'll have Senator James Welch uh, on the program, I'm trying to keep you informed. Those are here in the 413 area and around the region uh, of what's happening in the state house. So, so yesterday um Nipsey Hussle Grammy nominated uh rapper uh, was murdered in um LA. Um let me play a little bit of his dedication and I'll come back um and 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 we'll talk um a little further about that.
2: Like, my, this is dedication, this is anti-hesitation It's a real celebration, it's a dying block declaration 59th and 5th at granny house with vanilla wafers It's the remedy to separation, Tupac of my generation Blue pill in the fucking matrix, red rose in the great pavement Young black, trapped and he can't change it Know he a genius, he just can't claim it Cause they left him no platforms to explain it He frustrated so he get faded like deep down inside, he know you can't fail How long should I stay dedicated? How long till opportunity meet preparation? I need some real reparations Or oh, I run up in your bank just for recreation Dedication, hard work, plus patience Some more my sacrifice, I'm done waiting I'm done waiting, told you that I wasn't playing Now you hear what I've been saying Dedication Dedication
0: <laughs> 90.7 WTCC. Uh, so another tragedy. Um, now there are a lot of people who want to stay woke and look deeper into the senseless uh, nipsy hustle slaying. And across social media, you know, there have been theories of what ultimately made this 33-year-old a target. Various people have suggested that him working on an upcoming documentary that was centered on the late herbal healer, uh, Dr. Sebi's death, contributed to his slaying. Uh, Dr. Sebi was a Honduran herbalist, uh, and healer. Um, he was famed to cure, uh, a number of diseases with herbs and a unique vegan uh, diet that was based on various, uh, pseudoscience claims. His diet was based on, um, the alkaline diet and his beliefs on the origin of disease, um, Denied germ theory Taught that HIV um, Is not the cause of AIDS And factored on um, Some Afrocentric claims About the unique uh, Genetic characteristics Of Africans And those across the diaspora um, Nipsey felt like More light needed to be Shown on um, Dr. Sebi's death and the fact um, that he took his case of having a cure for AIDS to the Supreme Court and won. Um, he believed that Dr. Sebai was killed in fear that his message would spread to the level of affecting pharmaceutical companies and the industry's capital gain. Um, that his cures for HIV AIDS and, and some forms of cancer Um, would dry up um, uh, a lot of money um, that pharmaceutical companies and doctors and hospitals gain in that industry. Um, And so many question whether uh, his shining a spotlight on this could have led to his death. Um, Now there were others who also felt that way back in the nineties when Lisa Left Eye Lopes um, who was part of the group uh, TLC um, died in Honduras um, where she was going through doing a cleanse Uh, she was connected to dr. C and was using um, his methods as well Uh, and then she died uh, in a in an accident in Honduras and many back then speculated Uh, about whether or not her highlighting using her high-profile platform to highlight Dr. Sebi's work uh, was in part uh, possibly um, related to her death. Uh, Fast forward, you know, uh, some 17, nearly two decades later, um, and we have another rapper who was highlighting this particular doctor, not to mention the fact that his death, his own death, Dr. Sebi's death, was mysterious um, as well. Um, So that's one of the theories around um, whether or not this was a government sanction hit uh, on Nipsey Hussle. And, you know, I know uh, that many people, you know, talk about Uh, Well, you know, those are conspiracy theories, et cetera, et cetera. But the one thing that is clear uh, that you cannot deny um, um, is that the U.S. government has had its hand in on the assassination of black people across the globe. So, you know, it's not as far fetched as you might think it is when you consider um, um, the subversive efforts that the U S government has always had against, um, against black people, um, through from COINTELPRO, um, um, you know, uh, basically monitoring the works, uh, and the activities of Dr. King and, malcolm x and the black panthers and uh any number of black people to the current administration trump's administration his fbi uh uh created a category created a whole category to have an excuse to monitor black people So they created this category never before used in the law enforcement community called Black Identity Extremists. That's what Trump's administration created. So they would have a reason to monitor. It's basically the modern-day COINTELPRO have a reason to monitor black people that it doesn't like. So we'll label them. I'm pretty sure they've by now labeled me as a black identity extremist. And I'm pretty sure there's some monitoring going on of me and probably of many others. Um, so let's not act like the U.S. government um, has its hands clean, you know, when it comes to um, having blood on its hand um, with assassinating black people. Uh now I'm not saying that's the reason. I'm not saying that's the that you know that's why uh Nipsey um was murdered. Um but let's not act like that's not a plausible uh explanation. 413-736-2781. Now last week the mayor of Town. it do we have anybody I know somebody's got to be watching me from Chicago. If, if you're from Chi-Town, hit me up on Facebook or Periscope. Hit me up. Let me know you're, you're coming in from the shy, Cause I know I, I always have somebody from the shy. And, um, I know y'all got to be with me today. Y'all's mayor. All right. You here. Y'all mayor has lost his mind. So, so last week, the the uh, prosecutors dropped all the charges on Jussie Smollett, the Empire actor. Shad Town in the house. All right, I knew y'all was here. Just wanted you to acknowledge yourself. Um, and Rahm Emanuel lost his mind. Eddie Johnson, the police superintendent, lost his mind. White people across the country lost their ever-loving minds. Now, white cops get off every day for murdering black people. And these same people tripping on Jussie Smollett don't say jack. You can hear crickets. Matter of fact, the week before charges were dropped against Jussie Smollett, two white police officers got off For murdering black people. All right. Two. One for murdering a 17 year old black teenager. In Pittsburgh. The other for murdering an autistic man. Who had his hands up. And both of these white cops. Got off. And you didn't hear a peep. From Rahm Emanuel. No white mayors. White folk. Nowhere. Nowhere all of a sudden a black man has the charges dropped against him on a minor charge filing a false police report and it's the second coming of OJ I mean they lost their minds seriously and so Rahm Emanuel castigated his city for its handling. Of Jesse Smollett's case he called the deal that was made by prosecutors check this out a whitewash of justice that sends a clear message that those in power are treated differently really really Rom really I mean this guy has to be the donkey of the of the year Uh, and the biggest hypocrite that we know today to hear him call the prosecutor's decision to accept an alternative resolution to the Smollett case, a whitewash of justice in a city with one of the most corrupt police forces in America. Um, in a city with a prosecutorial history as checkered as Chicago's. I mean, it's fundamentally ridiculous. And I I don't have to go into all of the history, but let's just back up. Let's just back up and deal with the Laquan McDonald case. Here you have a case of a 17-year-old kid Shot 16 times as he walked away in the back by Jason Van Dyke. And not only did Van Dyke lie on his police report, three other cops lied to cover the murder up. There was a video that proved they were lying. ROM Mr. Whitewash of Justice Emmanuel sat on the video for a year because he wanted to make sure he got reelected. He sat on that video knowing he had a murderer on the payroll in the police department and three other officers that lied to cover up that murder. But as long as it meant he would get reelected into office, Rahm Emanuel was content to hide that video. And then he only released the video under a court order. Now, here's the thing. The day before they released the video, they arrested Jason Van Dyke and charged him with first-degree murder, which meant you knew he was a murderer before you released the video. Then Rahm Emanuel lies and says, I just watched the video last week. Come on, man. Do we look like Willie Lump Lump? But this liar, murder cover upper is the dude that thinks he has the moral high ground to talk about a case involving a false police report that those charges were dropped he's got the moral high ground and then this fool sent Jesse Smollett a bill for $130,000 to pay for all of the investigative work that was done in the case yet In the Laquan McDonald case, the city had to pay his family $5.1 million. In the time that Rahm Emanuel has been in office, the city of Chicago has paid over $400 million to settle police misconduct cases. Somebody send that fool a bill for $400 million. I mean, the sheer hypocrisy is mind boggling I mean this dude. You know, I mean, he's all on TV doing his rounds. He's on good morning America. This show that show having public temper tantrums all over the news in front of national audiences because charges were dropped on a black man on a minor charge. I mean, I I felt like I was in the twilight zone. (laughs) He he had the nerve to say, how dare Jesse Smollett after everybody saw? How dare he deny it? How dare you not have resigned? How dare you get on TV and say anything? Then he had the nerve to say, is there no decency in this man? I mean, this is worse than the pot calling the kettle black.
2: <sighs>
0: the caucasity of Rahm Emanuel. To act like we don't know what's been going on in Chicago since he's been in there. Shutting down 50 black schools. Shutting down half of the mental health um. Um, um, clinics in the city. And then Eddie Johnson was only selected as superintendent because of his tolerance for police misconduct. He didn't even take the test. Had not even applied for the job. He was hand-picked by Rahm Emanuel because he knew I could put a black face to cover myself on the, on the Laquan McDonald murder. I can prop up a black face but it's going to be somebody who's going to go along with the status quo and allow the white supremacy in the Chicago Police Department to keep on going. So I'm going to put up a black sycophant, somebody who will stand in front of the cameras, buck dance and coon for the cameras, so I can pretend I did something by putting a black man in office. We're not fooled by that. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Good morning, Bishop. How are you? I'm good. How are you?
3: Um, I'm outraged, mortified, and livid, all the above. Uh, This happened in a two-week span, two separate incidents. The Chicago Police Department raided a house, and the person they were looking for didn't live there. It was a six-year a four-year-old.
0: Hadn't lived there for five years.
3: Yes. And they pointed guns at children and said, "Don't you f and move, don't you f and move?" And the lady who demanded a warrant, they roughed her up and handcuffed her. They poured,
0: they the, poured peroxide on the baby's gifts at his yeah. birthday party.
3: Yes, and another incident, very similar, another lady demanding a, uh, a search warrant, they, took her outside in her underwear in sub-zero temperatures and she was crying because she was cold and they laughed at her so that superintendent and the mayor can kiss my black behind i just i have no use for him and i just find this situation to be extremely egregious thank you
0: absolutely yeah i agree with you wholeheartedly i mean eddie johnson um is a 30-year member of the corruption in the chicago police department Um, Over a decade as a supervisor, he spent his career covering up police corruption. And all Rahm Emanuel did was prop up a black face to pretend that he was bringing about reforms in the corrupt police department in the wake of his screw up and his criminal behavior in the Laquan McDonald case. So all Eddie is, Eddie is the diamond and silk of the Chicago Police Department. Okay. That, that that That's what he is. Um, so you're not fooling us, you know, because uh, uh, they skin folk don't mean they kin folk. Everybody who's our color ain't our kind. So, you know, white folks, let me let me let me give you a word to the wise propping up black people to pretend you're not racist. Don't work with us. Because there's always. A Negro for their own self advancement who is willing to push a white supremacy agenda like all the black folk who who run in after Trump blacks for Trump is like roaches for raid don't make no kind of sense
2: good morning caller you're on the air Yes, good morning. I'm just kind of weighing in on the subject you're, you're coming up with the end here. And um, all of our people, you know, and I was just listening at the scenario that uh, you brought up in Springfield about the uh, police department. Uh, of course, that's going all over all over the country. And I was just listening at what you're talking about in Chicago. Um, we just have to realize this systemic thing that you talk about all the time in this system. Uh, we got to stand up and realize exactly what's going on and all of this stuff somehow way a form we got to have some real uh, strong pushback here because playing games now to me i'm old school and playing games is, this stuff is over with uh dancing around and playing hopscotch uh, to me and the way things are going on right now in this country um it's not going to go forward it's going to go backwards so i just want to weigh in on that and You're always on the same page, and I enjoy listening to you, sir. Have a good day.
0: All right. Thank you for your call. I got to move out your way. James Lewis is in the studio. He's coming up next with the Mid-Morning Jazz and Great Black Music. Just want to give you some things to remember. Every fourth Tuesday... The Greater Springfield NAACP meets at the Spring of Hope Church of God in Christ, 35 Alden Street. You're welcome to come in and be a part of us. Uh, Also, if you're looking for a place to worship, check us out at the Spring of Hope Church of God in Christ. Check out our website, um, springofhopechurch.org, or check out our Facebook or Twitter pages, etc. See everything that's happening there. Meet us on Sunday morning at 930 and at 11 a.m., also um, coming up uh, this month on April uh, uh, 19th, Good Friday, um, Seven Last Words is going to take place at Spring of Hope Church of God in Christ. Six churches, seven last words. Uh, It's always a great time. Starts at 7 p.m. You want to be in the house on Good Friday. All right, a lot of good things uh, that are happening um, at Spring of Hope. So definitely uh, want you to be uh, our guest. Okay. Uh, and then my birthday is this month. It's April, y'all. It's my birthday month. Um, cash, check, credit card, all that cash app, Talbert Swan. <laughs> I'm playing. But seriously, it is my birthday month. Uh, on the 24th, uh, I celebrate another. Uh, year of life, and so shout out to all of the April babies um, that are out there. Um, happy birthday to my birthday twin, Karen Hunter. Uh, we were both born on the same day. Uh, also, the, the Bishop Daryl Hines is another one of my birthday twins. So everybody who uh, was born on April 24th, uh, you're all good people. Shout out to every single one of you. Always my pleasure being with you. Check us out every Monday morning at 9 o'clock a.m. Until the next time I talk to you and you talk to me, always remember, God loves you. And so do I.